0: You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, for service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. I don't want to lose the sense of where we've just been. All too often aware that when we come out of worship, and we're sitting in our seats, we kind of sit back into lecture time, you know. And I don't, I don't want to lose that sense of what God is doing amongst us this morning. So just as I'm speaking, keep your hearts connected. Stay in the spirit. Don't see it as a, a lecture coming from me. But what does God want to do in you this morning? Did you come in here expectant for what God wants to do this morning in you? expectant for what he wants to do amongst us this morning just keep that air of expectation about what God wants to do what he wants to say this morning this sermon is a a response sermon that's what I'm calling it because I feel you must be aware that God is doing something amongst us week on week every week it seems to be more increased you know that the power of god amongst us as we worship as we fellowship together god is doing a work amongst us and it's evident and i just want you know i felt that god was saying that we need to have the opportunity to respond you know some of us probably do that week on week but i just want to give an opportunity this morning to respond to what god is doing and so that is what this sermon is about this is a, an invitation and a response You know, there's two kinds of thirsty. There's some people who are thirsty because they're in the desert and they're looking and they're longing for a drink. They're just desperate for a drink of that water that will sustain their life. And I see that as, you know, the sort of thirst we have for salvation, for when we meet God for the first time and we desperately just want Jesus. That drink that sustains us, that water of life. But I see there's another kind of thirst that goes on after that a thirst for more of God, for more of his presence, for knowing him more, as we've heard from Tom in past weeks. Do you want to know him more? There's a thirst. Is there a hunger? Is there a desire in you this morning to know God more and more in your life? No matter where you've been, where you've come from, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, is there a thirst and a hunger for the newness of what God wants to do in you? And the gifts he wants to release in us as a church is that hunger there, there's two sorts of hunger. And Isaiah kind of spells this out in this passage that we're gonna to go to in this response sermon. I've called it um, RSVP because God's inviting us to more. He's inviting us, he wants to pour out his spirit on us. And he expects a response. He wants a response. What does that mean, RSVP? Here's my French, respondez, s'il vous plaît. That's it. Oh, come on, mate. That's, that's, that's all the French you're gonna get. of me. You got a clap from the French. Team. I got a clap, yeah. <laughs> and you know what that means? It means, please reply. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm, me and Abby, we're not very calendary people. Some of you will already know that. We tend to, I don't feel liberated by calendars. When I put things in my calendar, I feel restricted. I do it because that's what everybody does, and I know that it helps you to be organized, but it's a bit of a trial for me. I know some people, like Graham, he's not here this morning, so I can't pick him. Graham thrives on the calendar. I can just see it in him. you know, you put something in the calendar, he knows where it is, he knows it's coming, he knows exactly what's going on, and he's excited about the things that he's put in that are for him to do later, and he thrives on the calendar, And I just don't, I'm not like that. I feel a bit restricted and I kind of don't want to, I do want to do things, but I don't want to commit because then I feel restricted, you know, but I still want to do the thing, you know, anyway, that's by the by. But sometimes when you get an invite in, you really want to go to the thing, but you might not be very good at giving the reply. You know, how often is it a week before the wedding? Oh yeah, I'm coming. (laughs) You know, I forgot to pick chicken or fish or whatever, but I'll just eat what they give me. You know, how annoying is that for the person who's trying to organize this, who's doing this? They've asked you for a reply. And that's what I feel God is saying through this word this morning is he's asking us to respond. He's inviting you to respond to his spirit as he does a work amongst us in this time, in this moment, in this season that we're in. He's looking for a response. Respond he play. So... I'm going to go into this passage in a minute. It's Isaiah 55. I really feel that like God gave me this specifically for this time. I had something else I was going to go with, and I felt that like God said, nope. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, what are you going to do then? Uh, and he gave me this passage, and I feel like it's something for where we are, right, as I say, in this season. And it's amazing because it highlights salvation through the passage. Who knows how old this is? It's ancient. It's an ancient document. This is, this is something that displays the craftsmanship of God and the Holy Spirit joined with man together 700 years before Christ. And yet it speaks of the suffering servant, speaks of the servant in, earlier on in this passage, part of the servant narrative here we have in Isaiah. It's this poem and it's well-constructed at first, when I read it, I was like, is this what you want me to say, God? And I didn't really see it. And then he starts to draw out of his word what he wants to say. And you start to feel that, wow, God, you are incredible. Yeah. That you constructed this and made it speaking of Christ who is coming, the redeemer, the salvation who bought us at a price. And Isaiah is testifying to that to come. And it's relevant now. How good is our God? Yeah. This is so powerful. I was reading a concordance on it and Moiter, he says it's a riot of imagery. And it is as we go through it. There's lines that speak of future, of new creation, of salvation, of covenant, of promise, of of repentance, and of spiritual satisfaction. There's things for the future, there's things for now, there's things for the past. It's incredible. So let's go into the scripture. If you've got it with me, uh, if you've got it with you, you can read from your Bibles or it'll come up on the screen. It's called invitation to the thirsty in my Bible. Come all you who are thirsty. Who also said that later on? Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David, see, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples." Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty but i will accomplish what i desire and achieve the purpose for which i sent it you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace and the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the fields will clap their hands instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper instead of the briars the myrtle will grow this will be for the Lord's renown, an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Beautiful piece of text. And if you're paying attention to it, you should be able to see the message of salvation all the way through. Come to me, you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, the people who are desperate for salvation. Come and by without cost. He says, listen to me. I will make a covenant with you. Seek the Lord, forsake your ways, repent, and the Lord will pardon. And then he goes on to say how great the divide is between us and God before Christ. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your way. The divide is so great between us and God, but there's one who came to make a way. It's a message of salvation, but it's also a message for the second type of thirsty people, the people who have already received salvation And is out working in them, but they're thirsty and hungry for more of God. Again, I just ask you, are you thirsty? Are you hungry this morning for more of what God has for you? He has riches stored up for you. So I've got three kind of sections here that I'm going to go through. Uh, Hopefully they're clear. They might not be. I don't know. You can (laughs) follow. The invite, the promise, and the response. So he starts by inviting, you know, come. He says this three times. He says there's four NIV, but apparently that's a slight transitional thing. So she'd say three times, come, three times. The first one is come to the water. Come to that life-giving, you know, sustaining water. That, you know, the dryness in the desert, you'll be satisfied in your soul. You'll drink deeply of it. It's something that sustains you and keeps you alive. That's what water does for us. It's tasty. Kind of. I mean, sometimes when you really want it, you, all you want is water. But it's about sustaining. It's about sustenance. This is salvation. And then he says, come and buy with no money. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> come and buy with no money. How can you buy something with no money? You can buy it because somebody else has bought it for you. That's it. That's good. Come and buy because there's a price. It's not free because somebody paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody has already paid the price for what you can come and buy. It's an invitation. Come and buy for free because one goes before you who has paid the cost that you would have had to pay. Come and buy without money. Come buy and eat, indulge. Indulge in what I have for you, what I want to give you. This is more than water. Come buy. Wine and milk. What is he talking about? It doesn't mean quite so much in our context because we live in a time of absolute abundance where I just go to the fridge and get whatever I want because I live in such wealth. But in this time, wine and milk show the abundance of the land. If you've got wine, it means you've got grapes. It means you've grown grapes. If you've got milk, it means you've got cattle. It means you've got livestock. It means you've got, in that land, there is abundance. And he's saying, come and buy this. You come and get these things of richness and abundance. You know, the wine here represents joy. It's a cup of joy. That's what he's saying. I mean, when we drink a glass of wine, it gladdens the heart. That's what the the word says as well. It gladdens your heart. He's saying, come and have your heart gladdened by the wine of joy. The milk is the richness, it's the abundance of the gifts of God. It's nutrients and it helps sustain the rest of you more than just what water would. There's abundance there. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty for more than the water? Do you want to taste the wine? The milk that he's talking about here. This is what God is saying to us in this time. There is more for you. There is more for you here. And you can, you can indulge in it. You can indulge in it. It's free to you because I paid the price. Yes. Indulge in what I have for you. I invite you to indulge in it. And God's got this for you. You know, there's an abundance for us in God and in the Holy Spirit. And he's got this for you. He wants to release spiritual gifts in this church. I really sense that's what God's saying to me in this time, is that he wants to release people in this church. He wants to release us into more there's a slight holding back from what God has. We can taste what's happening in our worship when his presence is here and there's something powerful amongst us, but there's a holding back from all in to what God wants to do. And he's got so much for you. What did Jesus do with the water? Turn it into wine, drink the wine. And you know, I'm not advocating alcoholism here. (laughs) You know, wine's great, I'll have a drink of wine. But do you know what? it loses its charm in comparison to the presence of God in your life. It just loses all charm when you spend regular time in his presence, when he comes and he just touches your heart and you just soar in his presence. Wine just seems so poor in comparison. And if that's something that's a problem for you, he has that for you. He can break that in your life this morning. He can break that in your life in the coming months. He can do that for you if that's something that is an issue for you because he releases and he redeems and he restores and he can replace it with something that is far, far more valuable and treasured, which is his presence in your life and the Holy Spirit's power. Have you ever had a meal that you can't forget? Is there anything that in your mind, do you have a few meals? I mean, food might not be your thing, so I'm going to use food as a, as a picture here, but for me, I went out on my 30th birthday with Abby. She took me to a place called Castle Terrace in Edinburgh. And we were like, I wonder what it's like to have one of these meals that's like, you know, Michelin star places. So we tried to find one. It didn't have a star at that point, but it had had a star in the past. So we were like, well, let's go there and see. Well, maybe that means i had gone downhill. I don't know. <laughs> but <clears throat> we were like, let's do it. It was, it was quite extravagant for us. It was going to cost us a lot of money, but we were like, Let's see, it's a celebration, let's do this thing. So we went to this place and it was so good. Like, I mean, I like food and this was really, really good. Everything that came on the plate looked like something else. There was a little burger, it wasn't a burger. It was like all something else. There was a, there was a thing that looked like an egg, like a fried egg. It wasn't a fried egg, it was passion fruit in the middle and like, oh, it was incredible. It was absolutely just mind-blowingly tasty. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. But you know, that night when we got back from that meal, me and Abby both woke up in the night. Part of the reason I woke up is because I had terrible reflux. (laughs) That's my problem. But we woke up in the night and we just sat there in bed. And you know what we did? We just talked about the food. I was just like, oh, that bit. Do you remember? The, oh, that bit. And this bit, they were like little courses. So I was like, oh, remember when they brought that thing? And oh, that was my favorite thing. And then there was another thing. I said, that was my favorite thing. It was so indulgent. It was so tasty that we had to talk about it. So even after the fact, we were full. We had indulged in this tasty meal and it had gone with us out beyond the moment. We were talking about it later because we were still full of how good it was. That's like the spirit. That's what he does in us. When we come to God and we spend time in his presence. And we spend time at the table of his richness. We indulge in something that's just so much more satisfying than any food. And later we say, man, how good is that? It's still on us. His presence is still on us. And we're still walking in, his, in the spirit. And it's It's incredible. us and again if if you're just looking at me and you're saying i don't know what you're talking about i want you to experience this because this is true this is a reality and i want you to experience this in your life he goes on to say here why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy you know how often are we um, desensitized we can have had a time with God in worship or a time in in a service or a time of fellowship together or prayer and we walk out and we put on Netflix and we just get desensitized to everything God has been doing in us we just look for some other streaming services are available (laughs) we we look for something else to just kind of uh, distract us it's habitual instead of just resting in what God is doing in us and we just keep turning to things that are that lull us into this kind of stupor. It, I feel like it is a massive tactic of the enemy to just get everyone to be really sleepy and kind of, and they won't be alive to the things that God wants to do, to what he is doing, to the spiritual battles that we're in, because we'll just be lulled into this, I don't know what, stupor. We look for things, we spend money on what's not bread. We spend our time and our resources instead of what god wants us to do and to come to him we go to something else even when we know his presence is that good and his holy spirit is that good we'll go to the tv instead of going to prayer we'll go to something else we'll find something else to do when god is calling us when you hear that still small voice saying come to me come and you go i'm a bit tired lord i'm gonna go and put the tv on he's saying, come and indulge in the richness of what I have for you. Let my Holy Spirit wash over you. You don't need to be in church for this. This can happen in your room, in your house. He just wants you to come. He gives you an invitation. Don't spend your money on what is not bread. And then he says, he goes on and says, the three listens. He said, three come to me. He says, three listens. Listen, listen to me. Respond, hear what I'm saying and eat what is good. And then he goes on to say, and you will delight in the riches of fair, richest of fair, you'll come to the table and you'll delight in what God has for you. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. Part of the reason I wanna tell you that I experience this is that I want you to know that this is accessible. We often say things up here to make you know that we're human, <laughs> to make you know that I, I have sinful thoughts, that there are things in my life that are not perfect, that I'm going through, that I'm working through, But what I want to tell you about some of my experience here is because I want you to know that the spiritual is not a concept far away that we can't reach. It's accessible. It's accessible to me and you. And I know it through experience because I've experienced what the Holy Spirit has been doing in my life since I got filled with the Spirit. And again, if that's something you're asking about this morning and you want this morning, if there's a hunger and desire for more of God to be filled with the Spirit, pray about it right now. As I'm talking, think on this thing. Pray for it right now. God is doing something. It goes on to say, seek while he is near. He is near. As I said, in this season, we've been enjoying his presence. We've been reveling in his presence in our worship. God is near. Now, God's not far away all the time. That's not true either. He's always near. But I think that history shows... And experience shows that sometimes there's a certain grace on periods of time and, and congregations for whatever reason and places he moves powerfully. It's like saying, you know, in Scotland, the rain's never far away, is it? You know? Aren't we always expecting that it might, even on the sunniest day, we're like, yeah, I could just turn though. <laughs> it could be raining by this afternoon. We know that. The rain's not far away, but sometimes it's raining. Yeah? Yeah. There's a difference. Sometimes it's pouring down outside. And I think this is what God is like as well sometimes. He's not far away. He's near to us. But sometimes it's raining. And he wants you to walk out in it. Don't look from here and be like, oh, it's raining outside. I don't want to go outside. I kind of like the rain, but I want to stay in here where it's cozy and comfortable. He wants you to go into the rain. He wants you to step into it. He wants it to wash all over you. He has it for you. And if that's what he's doing in this time amongst us, step in to the rain. He's inviting you. And again, as Tom spoke about a few weeks ago, that's why I'm saying this is like a response message because there's so much of what we've been hearing and and what he's been teaching about that is going with us. I think we need to respond to all of those things. He said that repentance is the door. Here in Isaiah, it says, forsake wickedness. Repentance is the door. This is both for the person who's thirsting for salvation for the first time, but it's also for us, isn't it? And maybe that's partly why God's been doing such powerful things amongst us is that collectively our hearts are looking towards repentance, that we are repenting regularly, that we are coming to God with our stuff. Forsake wickedness, repent. Repentance is the door into what God has for more for us. And then as I said, he goes on to describe how far away from God we truly are, if it's without Jesus. That we come to repentance through Christ, through the way that he is made. It's all through Christ. And I'm not preaching something here that's that's contrary to the gospel, this is the gospel. Christ is the Holy Spirit, they are. That's, oh no, theological problems here. You know, they're one. They're one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So don't expect that when you're expecting something from the Holy Spirit, that you're not expecting something from Jesus, because you are, it's His Spirit. So the result, that was the invite, invite into what God has for us. The result of this, the result of accepting this invitation is to more of what He has. we're going to enjoy it we're going to enjoy these times that we have together we're going to be blessed by it but we're going to be full if you invite the holy spirit into your life he will start to fill you regularly as you keep coming to him you will start to be full and you will go out with joy Amen. praise god do you want the fullness and the goodness of what god has for you do you want the fullness Of the Holy Spirit in your life? I do. (laughs) I really do. Because I've experienced and tasted some of it, and it's amazing. The Holy Spirit is so good that it compares to nothing else I've ever experienced. And the result of spending time in His presence and really drawing into Him and letting His Spirit flow over us is that we overflow. We are full, and then we overflow. We go to the feast, we go to the banquet. And we become full and we indulge in his goodness. And then we go out in his presence, empowered by the spirit. And you can't help but tell people about the meal you had. It's not hard work. Because you wake up in the night and say, gosh, how good was that taste? I can't believe how good that tasted. You don't have to try to tell people. You just tell them because God is in your life, He's in your heart, and the joy is bubbling out of you to tell people how good a meal you tasted, how good His presence is, the feast you had in His presence. We become full of the Spirit. And this is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This is what He promises you the the power that raised Christ from the dead, living in you, the power, the presence of God that rested on the Ark of the Covenant, the cloud that filled the temple when Solomon prayed so that the priests couldn't move around and do their work. The presence and power of God, that's the Holy Spirit, the very same Holy Spirit. And he's inviting you to experience more of himself. He's inviting you. How will you respond? The other thing is not just that we become full, but he releases gifts in our life. As we spend time, as we draw close, he releases spiritual gifts. I believe so wholeheartedly that spiritual gifts are for now. If you're slightly confused about that, or if you've had problems or theological problems with that in the past, look at the verse in Corinthians where he says these three these three remain faith, hope, and love. What does he say next? He says eagerly expect the gifts. He wants you to to ask God for them. So it's not like an ending. He says go after the gifts. He wants you to have spiritual gifts. He wants us to have prophecy. He wants us to have tongues. He wants us to have words of knowledge and wisdom in our lives that just pour out of us because it's the overflow of his Holy Spirit in us as we're filled up at the table of the Lord. And Isaiah, again, coming back to this, how magnificent this is. He talks about this in verse 10. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish So it yields seed for the sower and and bread for the eater. So it is with my word from my mouth. It does not return to be empty. He pours out his spirit and he grows things. He pours out the rain and he grows stuff in us. He brings forth gifts. We enjoy it. We stand in it. We're filled by it. And then he brings forth gifts by his presence. It's the goodness of God. He promises it's not going to return to him empty. There's a return for what God is doing in you. Yes. For you, for this church, for this community, do you believe you can speak into other people's lives here? Do you believe the power of God can come on you to a point where you can have a word of knowledge for somebody else in this congregation? Are you expecting it or are you just here? Are you expecting it? Are you expecting him to give you a word for somebody that you can minister to other people in this congregation? That we as a body can be a body? Yeah. Not just a, a lecture hall or I don't know what and spending time in his presence it also results in joy abundant abundant joy you know we talk about this joy that transcends circumstances how do you get that joy that's a kind of crazy joy if your joy in your heart is so deep that comes out of you even when things are tough you you can't manufacture that This is the power of God. This is the joy of the Lord. As we spend time in his presence, as we dwell in his presence, as we rest in him, as we seek him for more, he fills us up with a joy that, as I said, just pours out of us. And something can be going on, but if you're full like that, it doesn't touch it. You still have to deal with the circumstances because they might be really, really rotten circumstances, but there's a joy of the Lord deep in your heart that is unshakable because we've spent time with the Lord, because we've spent time at the table. And the result of that joy is that we shine. We shine, you know, I was thinking about, it was actually after John posted a post on Connect about shining and about being a light. And it just got me to thinking, you know, lights don't have to try to shine. You know, you don't, light bulbs don't go around going, oh, I've got to be shiny today. So many people depend on my light. They're connected to the source of power. When they're connected to the source of power, they shine. That's it. You can cover them. You can cover it up. If you put it on, that's it. You connect it to the source. Stay connected to the source and you will just shine. You don't have to try. And this is the joy that bubbles out of us. I want to share an experience again, a, a personal experience of how being thirsty in God God's presence manifested in my life when I got first filled with the spirit all I wanted to do was pray because it was so magnificent I'd never tasted anything like it I just wanted more of God and I just got in his presence and I went around my town when people kicked me out I went around my town saying do you want to pray tonight we would just go to their house do you want to pray and we would just go in and pray it was amazing and God's presence was there and I was so full I was so full of the goodness of God and a neighbor used to come along the workshop regularly, who I knew really well. And, and I, I think he ended up getting saved. I think he knew Jesus in the end, but he struggled so much with it. But he would come in and he would talk to us and we would chat things out regularly. And it was, you know, it was all head logic. He was working it through. This one day he drove past me and he stopped to say hello as I was walking up the road. And I was so full. I was so full of the goodness of God in my heart. I just, I was bursting with the Holy Spirit. And I knew it, I knew he was on me. And the guy wound down his window and he looked at my face and he just said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I was smiling at him and I knew him well. There was no reason for, you know, it's not an, an oh, hi, how are you doing? What's wrong with you? And a lot of you are thinking, yeah, he was right to ask that. <laughs> but I knew in that moment I was shiny. I knew in that moment, because I knew the Holy Spirit was all over me. I could sense his presence on me as if I was walking up the road. And the guy wound on his window and he was just like, what's wrong with you? And I just said, without trying, without trying to shine, I just said, it's the Holy Spirit. The glory of God is all over me. And he just shook my hand. (laughs) And rolled up the window and drove on. That was it. There was nothing else I could say. What can you say? Oh, I'm just really jolly today. Nope. I knew it was God. I knew it was the fullness of God in my life. And I knew he could see it because I was shining. And again, I don't say this to boast. There's nothing to do with me. That's all God. That's all God on my life. I can't boast of any of that. Because it's an invitation. And all I did was respond to him. All I was doing was responding to his call to prayer. And every time I did, he gave me more and more and more and poured out his spirit on me. And that was the result. So I'm trying to share that with you to encourage you, again, that this is accessible. This isn't something far off that, well, Moses' face was shiny, you know, and we read it in the word and, you know, that's it, we don't think about it anymore. Or that the gifts are not for now. It's for right now. He's doing something right now in this place amongst us. And you can experience it as well. So some of you, as I shared that story, you might be thinking, well, that's great. That happened in the past. The reason I'm telling you something is happening now is because it happened to me two weeks ago. When we were in this building together and we worshiped, something powerful happened to me in God's presence. And we went down and we worshiped in the hall at night and something powerful happened to me in God's presence there. He was all over me again. And I didn't want to stop. I just wanted to stay here. I was like, wow, this is so incredible, Lord. There's nothing to go to. There's nothing that compares to this. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Let me be a doorkeeper, because it's so magnificent just to be in your presence. And that's what was happening to me, and I knew it was happening to some of you in this room as well. The power of God is moving in this place, in this town, in this congregation as we worship God. And I went to work the next day, and the presence of God was on me. I was just I was sanding a board or something. And I was just singing, and joy was just bubbling out of me. I was, "Oh, this is just incredible. I'm just worshiping God, and I could, I could sense God's presence on Him. He was speaking to me, I was, "Oh, Lord, what are you saying to me?" It was incredible. I was trying to do my work, and I, and I was just singing, I was just letting my heart sing to God. And my boss had come in, and I don't see him all that much, but he'd come into the workshop that day and he was pottering around, in the, and I just don't care who's there. I'm just going to sing quite a lot of time I'm kind of in a space on my own so it doesn't matter, but I was just singing. I was just letting my heart roar to God with joy at what he was doing amongst us, what he was doing in me. And I went out for my coffee break and I sat down with my boss at a table and he said, you sound like a drunk guy at his door. <laughs> he said, I forgot what it's like listening to you singing sometimes. You sound like a, an old drunk man sitting outside his door raving. And I was just like, oh, Okay, Because I wasn't doing it for him. Yeah. Yeah, right. But you know what it remind, reminded me of? Yeah. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. They're not drunk as you suppose. Yeah. They are not drunk as you suppose, but filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the glory of God. And it's just pouring out of their pores. Yeah. And the reason I've told you that is because one of those events happened in my past. One of those events happened now. And some of us here might be stuck spiritually. You know, God expects us to look back and remember. He expected the Israelites to remember the exodus, to understand what it meant, to know where they'd come from, to, to know where they were going. So they didn't forget that. The Passover, communion, we remember events, but we don't stay there. So yeah, share your stories. That's a part of our testimony. That's, you know, that's richness but we can't be stuck there because God's got something going on now. Be part of what God's got going on now. He wants to fill you afresh today. And it's hard sometimes to discern when you're remembering the great things God has done and proclaiming them and when you're longing for being there because then you're stuck. You're stuck back there. Oh Lord, I wish I was back in the good times. Good times are now. God is doing something fresh now. Remember those times. Tell people about them. It's something powerful in your heart, like I've just shared for you, about that man pulling up and me feeling like I was shining. But there's something now, it happened last week because God's power is now. He's doing something fresh. Don't get stale in your testimony. And seek and thirst for what is going to happen now. That's how to not get stale as well. Get involved. And some of that might be this morning. That some of you have got bitterness. You know, there might be some blockage that's stopping you from stepping in. There might be some, oh my goodness, it's 40 minutes. Um, there might be some blockage that's stopping you from stepping in. There might be something that's holding you back. There's unforgiveness. There's bitterness in your heart or there's unrepentance. What is that thing that is a blockage to you stepping in and getting involved and giving your all to God? and asking for his Holy Spirit for more of what he's doing now for freshness on your life because it's happening now. So if you're not sure about it and you're kind of holding back, examine yourself too. Say, Lord, is there anything in me that's stopping me from hungering and thirsting after what you want to do right now? Get it dealt with before God. RSVP, the response. How will you respond to Jesus? He's given the invitation. He says, come, how are you going to respond to Jesus? He's given you an invitation this morning. He's giving us an invitation week on week to indulge in his presence, to be filled more and more with his spirit. How are you gonna respond? It might be different to different people. You might be here and you might be thinking, I'm the one who's in the desert. I don't know Jesus. I'm the one who's in the desert and I want that life-giving water that sustains me It's accessible to you this morning. Isaiah has preached the gospel to you. Come to Jesus, repent of sin and ask him into your heart and you will receive that water, that life-giving water. You will be saved. And for others of you, it's that response that is, I'm thirsty for more. Lord, I am thirsty for more of your presence. Lord, I am thirsty for more of your Holy Spirit in my life. Lord, I want more of you. Maybe the things I've been talking about, you're just like, I don't really understand that or I've got theological issue with it or something. You have to open yourself up to God to receive. You have to open yourself up to what he wants to give you. I know a few people who've had bizarre experiences where God has just turned up in them. One of them's over there and God just did something in him, even though it didn't seem like he was asking for it. But that's a limited thing. I only know a handful of people like that. The rest of the people open themselves up to God And received his spirit received the baptism of the spirit ask him for it ask him eagerly desire the gifts eagerly desire more feast when we're in these moments where we're pressing into god don't let the thoughts of what you need to do next disrupt because that's like netflix that's like going to the next thing he wants to give you more right now he wants us to press in And he wants to pour out his spirit. I believe he wants to pour out his spirit on people this morning. I believe he wants to release people in things this morning. I believe he wants to break down barriers, release chains this morning. Lastly, if you walk away from here because you've got too much theological stuff about what's happening and you just don't understand or you don't think it's for now, I'd ask you to go and read 9 o'clock in the morning by Dennis Bennett not one of our Bennets, another Bennet. He's an Anglican guy who experienced somebody that was full of the Spirit. And God did amazing things in him. And he spoke in tongues, even though he wasn't sure that, was, that existed. And he went around all these churches having to tell them about the meal he had just eaten. There was nothing that could hold him back from telling people About the work of the Holy Spirit in his life because it was so real in his testimony that it was really happening to him. So there was no there was no hesitation. This is real. God wants you to indulge in the abundance of what he has for you this morning. He wants you to go out with joy. He says in the last paragraph there, you will go out with joy. He wants you to indulge in the richest affair and as Tom spoke on last week we look forward to that eternal prize but folks he's got more for you right now don't let it be a then heaven can be released now when we worship like that heaven touches earth that's why you feel the power of God that's why you know something is happening because heaven touches earth the kingdom is now, it's here or maybe it's happening maybe it's stirring in you right now whichever way you're going to respond I beg you I urge you respond because there is nothing nothing like what I have tasted in my life that the Holy Spirit has done in me there is nothing I can compare it to and I beg you just ask for more thirst after him and he will give you more he will pour out his spirit on you something's happening this morning doesn't mean that we don't keep regularly pressing in because yeah you might be full tomorrow but something will come up and try and distract you, you notice that noise when we were really at the heights of worship you notice that distraction when the volume of the place became that we were so in awe of God and his presence in the room that we were pressing into the power of God a noise came and diverted your attention a noise pulled us away come this way just a distraction to pull us away from the power of what God is doing. The enemy has tools but they're very small in comparison so don't be distracted yes. by something else press in, press in and when you're on it, oh, on your own again this week press in again, press in again and he'll release his Holy Spirit on you again just keep pressing in and this is my conclusion guys come come to Jesus the one who paid it all Come drink and eat, indulge in the wine and the milk, listen, listen to me and live, really live. Seek the Lord, repent, be filled up, be full, be satisfied and go out with joy.